Welcome to another faith-building message from Samuel Pada, pastor of the King's Temple in Hyderabad, India. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. We're dealing with the subject of hope. And let me refresh your memory a little bit. What is hope? Hope is an earnest expectation. There are many people today living in depression, hopelessly, some contemplating suicide, some contemplating and not going any further. They are so tired of life, they don't want to do anything. There are no juices flowing. There's nothing they want to expect or believe they can expect that can happen in their life that would be good. So they're sort of closed. They're in bondage. They're depressed. They're discouraged. They cannot see a bright day. For such people, I want you to know, the good news is a good news of hope. Jesus came to give us hope to the dying world. So his word is what births hope in the midst of hopelessness. Somebody talk to me. So I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you're in a very hopeless situation. Really troubled in your heart because you're not employed. Because things are not working out the way you want them to work out. You have some, you've had some tragedies in your life. You don't know where life is heading. You're just meandering along in life. Not knowing what to do, not knowing where you'll end up. Tired? Let me tell you, this word is for you. Because I don't want you to walk out of this place hopeless. I want you to walk out of this place with hope. Because the word of God, hallelujah. I said, the word of God brings life. He calleth those things which be not as though they were. He giveth life to the dead. Say amen. amen. Turn with me to the book of Psalm, uh, sorry, 1 Samuel, please. Chapter 1. <clears throat> and display for me verse 8, please. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 8. Then... Oh, am I right? Wrong. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Maybe it's 18. Hang on. Oh, chapter 2, sorry. Chapter 2, verse 8. Chapter 2, verse 8. Okay. Look at this. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust. Somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know where you are, but we're dealing, we, each one of us is dealing with a God that gives hope. He will raise a person from the dust, glory to God, pour out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill. Jesus, your fate is not sealed by your circumstances. Everything you're experiencing in life is about to change for the good. Because when God gets involved in your life, the poor are brought out of dust and he lifted up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among, among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. A poor man and a beggar has no inheritance. Is that right? A poor man and a beggar do not have inheritance. But when God picks you up from the dust, 
from the beggarly life you're living. He can not only lift you up to be seated with the princes, but he will give you an inheritance that you never had before. That's the hope I'm talking about. I don't care how, what you feel right now, what you're experiencing, what people are saying. There is hope for you if only you can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not only talking about salvation, which means you go to heaven after you die, but we're talking about heaven on earth now that Jesus can turn the hell you are right now in into heaven for you if you have hope in Christ. We're dealing not with another man. We're not dealing with kings. We're not dealing with politicians. We're dealing with the one that has created the heaven and the earth. You that is depressed, you that is discouraged, you that is hopeless, you that feel like it is better to die, you that is contemplating suicide, I'm talking to you. In a moment of time, everything can change. If only you can believe. That's why he said, to him that believeth, believing is seeing. What is, he, what is he saying when he said, he that believe, if you, if, to him that believeth, he says, if you can see it. What is hope? The ability to see. Say amen, somebody. Glory be to God. Are you getting something this morning? Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. You know, um, we're talking about, we said hope is essential. Hope is earnest expectation. It's a serious intention, purpose, and effort. Expectation means a state of looking forward or anticipation. Therefore, hope is a serious state of anticipation. You know, students, when you write your exams, you pray and you go and pray. And write your exams. Then when the results are about to be declared, you pray again. There's something that's about to... You're hoping the result will be good. But it may not be. That's not the kind of hope I'm talking about. See, the, the, the picture you hold in your heart is not very clear. It's not established. It is a picture which says it could go this way or this way. That's the hope that the world talks about. But the hope that God gives is an established truth. I need to know what it is to expect, anticipate that the result will manifest. That's hope we're talking about. So biblical hope is not the hope that the world talks about. When we talk about the, the blessed hope of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're not saying it may happen or may not happen. No, there is great expectation that He will return. Amen. There is no question about whether or not it's a settled matter. Say amen. amen. So, but the source of this hope, my friend, we said was the Word of God. The Word of God is the source for hope as well as for faith. So we were looking at Abraham and we looked at Romans chapter 4 verse 17 and 18 and it says that for sake of time I'm reading only verse 18. It says, who against hope believed in hope. There are two hopes here. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. 
despite all odds, impossible situations, impossible physical conditions, Abraham hoped. When it was no longer reasonable or sensible, he still hoped. When there was no natural hope left, he still believed, still hoped. We're talking about a hope that is supernatural. We're not talking about a natural hope. You've tried everything, it didn't work. You knocked every door, it did not open. You went to different people, nobody answered. In the natural, it seems the door is closed. But when something is closed in the natural, it doesn't mean it's closed in the supernatural. If it can be opened in the supernatural, it's only a matter of time before it opens up in the natural. So remember, child of God, when the doctors say there is nothing more we can do, when the experts say there is nothing else that can be done, when people say we cannot, you are not employable, you, you can't, we can't employ you, when they say you have a problem in your womb or, or the man has a problem and therefore you are not going to have children, smile, laugh, because that's only in the natural world. You don't know there is a supernatural world that controls the natural world. The supernatural is what is more real than the natural world. So if I can only grasp, if I can only get hold of some supernatural hope, my natural hope will have to give way. And Abraham received the supernatural hope. But where did it come from? According to that which was spoken. It's not something I drum up. It's not something I imagine in my own strength. It's not something I just desire. It's an encounter. It's God, it's His Word that breeds or gives birth to supernatural hope. Say Amen. And we shared with you how it happened, how God spoke to him and said, out of your own bowels, he will come forth your son. And then he brings him out into, this, into the open from the tent. He says, look up to the sky and count the stars. What was God doing? God was saying, listen, get the picture, Abram. Get the picture. Not the picture of your deadness in your own body. Not the picture of the deadness of Sarah's womb. Get the picture of what I can do. Look at the stars. That's how many descendants you will have. So, Abra and the Bible says, Abraham believed, and therefore it was counted unto him for righteousness. So, the Word of God is a source of hope. Where there is no hope in the natural, all we will need is supernatural hope. This is why we say, do not neglect coming to together as to fellowship as saints of God. Why? Because in this atmosphere, not only when we're preaching the word, but there is, a, there is a sense of the presence of God. The atmosphere is charged with the presence of God. People don't have to lay hands on you and you will be healed. When you're worshiping God, God can transform you from the inside. Take those negative images out and put a new hope in you. It's not just begging and crying. It's not just pleading with God. It's the word that comes in and the word replaces everything that is not according to God's will and purpose in your life. 
Come on, church. You have to understand this. You cannot be negligent about reading and studying the Word. You cannot be negligent about hearing the Word. You cannot be negligent about prayer. Why? Because your spirit man has to be tuned in to grasp what the Spirit of the Lord has, say, has to say. You will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walking in it. But if your spirit is dead, you can't hear that voice. If your spirit is numb, not dead, but numb. You may be born again, but your spirit man can become numb. Diverted. Disillusioned. You can't pick up the voice of God. So you need to pray much, pray much, Pray much to build your inner man, to, to build the capacity to grasp what God is saying. Because remember, when God speaks, the Bible says it's a still, small voice most of the time. And because it's so still and small, you cannot pick it up because there is too much clamor around you. Too much noise. But if your spirit man is tuned into God, in the midst of a storm, you will be able to hear the voice of God. It was only when Abraham, Abram heard God, said, God say that Abraham's hope was revived. Abraham's hope that was dead began to become alive. When? When he heard so what am I saying? You have to learn to hear what God says, even in the most hopeless situations. When we hear negative news, when we hear news that breaks our heart, when we hear news that the door is shut and there is nothing else that can be done, immediately the response from the natural man is, it's all over. There is nothing else we can do. Well, there are awesome examples in the Bible that I want to take you to. Impossible situations. But to make it possible, there is a process. How does the impossible change to possibility? How does your impossible situation become a possible situation? How can this strong powerful enemy be subdued by you who have a reputation and you have no reputation how can it happen because the first thing when you hear bad news or negative news or or the the sensation that you cannot move forward comes in it breeds hopelessness when there is hopelessness that occupies your heart, your faith has no direction to produce anything that you desire. Come on, are you getting anything this morning? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 5, please. Reading from verse 13. And we're going up to verse 2 of chapter 6, all right? 
It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went unto him and said unto him said unto him art thou for us or for our adversaries watch Joshua had this formidable task of overcoming Jericho and the bible tells us that the land of Canaan was filled with Nephilims. On Friday, I was telling the church that when David went to fight against Goliath, he was at least two and a half to three times larger and bigger than David. And I heard Pastor Sam share with me the other day, he was, we were in a discussion, he said, he read in a book that sometimes Nephilims could be even 40 feet tall. What chance do you have or winning against, a battle against a man who is 40 feet tall. You're hardly five. <laughs> Just barely six. That means he is about what? Six and a half times more than you. If you have to look at him, you can't look like this. You've got to look like this. Right? What chance do you have? And the gates are shut and the walls are strong. There is no hope. The only hope Joshua and Caleb said is, if we do not rebel against God, if we can please God, God will deliver them to us. They become bread to us. God will fulfill His promise. See, they did not lose hope based on facts and figures because their hope was based on what God said. According to that which was said, says the Bible regarding Abram. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So what is God saying about your life? My plans for you are for good and not for evil. Then how do you believe the lie of the devil? Say, I don't know if God loves me. I don't know what future I have. I don't know if it's going to get better or worse. How can you say that? But you're saying that because you're depending more on facts and figures and experiences rather than what God has said. And sometimes you fluctuate because when you come into an atmosphere like this, you get charged. And then you go back to your home and your friends and relatives, so-called close relatives, breed hopelessness once again. They talk negatively. They suck all the hope you just got fired up in church with and leave you hopeless again. That's why you need your company. Do you understand why life groups are important? I'm using every trick in the trade to bring you back to life groups. <laughs> why? Because it's so important that you fellowship with like-minded people. To encourage you, to build you, to, to, you know, to, to strengthen you, to give you a hope. Don't fellowship with people that pity with you, for you. No, no, no. Pity will not give you success. Pity will give you comfort in your soul, but make, leave you defeated in life. What you need is not pity. What you need is not sympathy. What you need is hope. So here is Joshua. 
And he's been given the command to take over Jericho. And God said, this promised land, I've already given it. But what's the strategy? Even if you don't know how it will happen, you don't know what the next step is, the most important aspect that you have to bear in mind is, don't let the enemy and circumstances steal what the Lord has said. If God said you will prophesy, if you will become a prophet, if God said you will preach the word of God, don't say, well, I'm so old. I'm not happy. It has not happened. I don't know how it will happen. No, don't consult yourself. If Abraham considered or consulted his own body, his own body would be laughing at him. Sarah's body would be laughing at him. He said, I do not want to consider. I don't even think about you. You're no good. I am not trusting my body. I'm not trusting Sarah's body. My trust, my hope is in what God said. What has God said about your life? What has God said about your life? So he says, and being not... No, let's go back to Joshua, please. All right, next verse. And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, and now am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Now, what attracts God's attention is your hope and faith in what he said. Joshua was not wavering. Joshua was waiting. Don't waver. Wait. How is it going to happen? I don't know. I'm still waiting on the Lord. Because He's going to reveal to me. He's going to show me His way. He's going to give me instruction. As of now, I don't know what to do. As I look at the problem, I know I don't have the strength. I don't have the military power, nor do I have any artillery that can bring down the walls or open the gates. I don't know. But that is not going to cause me to lose my hope that what God said shall come to pass. Has he said it? He will do it. That's my anchor. You will not die, but live it to glorify the works of God. You're lying sick on the bed. And the doctors are administrating. The, the machines are not giving you much hope. The fluctuations in whatever it is, is not getting better. It, there is no improvement. Yet will I say, yet will I say, I will live and not die and glorify the works of God. Why? Because He said it. With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation, He said. Oh, the doctor said, oh, okay. I'm not saying we disagree, we, 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 I'm sorry, not disagree. I'm not saying, you know, that you should deny what he said, but you can disagree with him. He can't tell you when you can die. You know who can tell you when you can die? Huh? No, your tongue. Don't let your tongue become a servant of the devil to agree with and speak what the circumstances are saying. God's word has the power to change everything. Your circumstances, your facts, your figures, your health, everything can be changed by the power of God. But he needs you to have hope that what he said will come to pass. 
How do you see yourself? Joshua never saw himself as somebody who would lose the battle. He was seeing himself as somebody that will take over and conquer Jericho. But he did not know what to do. And that's when he had an encounter with God. So when I maintain hope, when I wait patiently, what happens? I will have an encounter either in the Word or with God. And both are the same. He waited. Don't be in a rush. God is never too late and never too early. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel for past episodes. If you've been blessed by the message today, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. For more content from the King's Temple or to connect with us, visit kingstemple.in. Have a blessed day.